What's up, everybody, and welcome to the In Control Video Game Podcast. And tonight, well, today, I am your host, uh, PK. And uh, it, things may have changed a little bit. Um, Ole did not get work done. This is Daniel. <laughs> and uh, today, I'm also joined by my girl Pam. Say hi to everyone. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so today it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I got two guests. I'm super excited. So I'm just going to let it flow. And uh, how have you been? Daniel, Daniel with In Control, you're more like uh, the guy who can just walk into the fridge and just grab something to eat. You're, you're one of them. You're part of the family. I'm that recurring side character. He just like opens the door like, hello, and then you hear the crowd. Pam is new to us and uh, she fit right in. Like five minutes in and she was already part of the crowd. As soon as she was like, I'm a Final Fantasy fan, I was just like, yeah. that's crazy. the keyword, Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the code word. It's yeah. the code word. As soon as you knock like when spoilers her way, telling her you suck, this is great, <laughs> don't do that. Even though uh, the first time we met was at um, Comic Con, oh yeah, Alice, Alice K Con, and you were dressed as who? Ayane from Debele. Oh yeah, and you had the contacts and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, was, it was fun. It was, it was fun, fun, huh? Was yeah, yeah. I wish you won that one. Oh yeah, but there was, uh, who was that? Yeah. The Mandalorian. Oh, right, right. The guy who came as Luke Skywalker the year before. Yeah, he yeah. goes all out. Oh, yeah, oh every year. Yeah, every year. Anyway, so this is In Control, episode 24, where you can listen to game news, any game-related content, and all your nerdy stuff from uh, people like us. So, um, let's just get into a couple of uh, news things. Um, first of all, PS5 pricing is at $450. Really? That's not bad. Or for um, development. Production. Yeah, production. Yeah, $450. So now this puts uh, PS5 at a tricky situation because uh, we all know that Microsoft are in a position to make a console that is, yeah, they might undercut one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that's going to be interesting to see what the type of price though we're going to see. I'm not sure if they'll take the loss. I'm not sure if they'll drop it to... You know, four hundred dollars or four twenty. If I, Microsoft is, I think considering that they sold the PS4 at launch at a loss, mm. and the PlayStation Store alone has netted them thirteen billion dollars since the in the PS4's lifespan, mm. they will probably take the hit. They just don't want to be under uh, to be priced more than the Xbox X yeah. series. I think like they don't want to be close to it. They want to be at a price point where they can undermine it. But still, be maybe be slightly above the whatever base Xbox version mm. is going to release. The one that's is it rumored? Are we even getting that? Like I don't, I don't. What think for it's Xbox pricing? No, the, the the Series X, and then there's the rumored not Series. Oh, X, not Xbox. Series. Oh, because there's gonna be like a yeah. cheaper version yeah. that might sell like way more. So I don't know if um, I don't know. I I think they're just waiting on Microsoft to drop the pricing. They're just playing a game because mm. selling at a loss. They've done it before. They did it with the PS3. They've done it with the PS4, and it seems to always work out for them. So I think that they might just take the hit, mm. but it all depends on Xbox Series X's price point. And you know, the funny thing is, is that usually when these consoles are released, um, they're usually taking, well, not necessarily losses, but the sales aren't really uh, making the account break even when they're released. Yeah. So um, even when they start off, 
the sales only really start like say six months, eight months after where you see the money really the, starting to the catch The second in. Christmas period. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, really holiday period, yeah. bundles and all that. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what, uh, well, PlayStation 5 will be priced at. Pam, your thoughts? Well, I'm actually just thinking here, $450 is not that bad because I just got my PS4 Pro at $460, I think. Yeah. That came with Call of Duty, so I'm like, that's yeah. not bad. That's yeah, a nice bundle, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Next gen. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll see uh, if they're gonna take the loss or if they're gonna you know, be like, look, four hundred. Let's eat it. Let's eat it. And <laughs> Microsoft is coming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Can we also talk about the Xbox name? Xbox X Series X. <laughs> yeah, they like a lot of X's. Uh, Just yeah. in case you forgot which game comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna remind you that there is an X here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, moving on to the next one, um, we're going to talk about one of the games that um, we were all heavily anticipating, Anthem! Oh god. Uh, did you <laughs> ever play Anthem? I have not played Anthem. Did you play? I watched a ton of gameplay called it was going to fail from day one. Yeah, well, uh, the family in control were looking forward to Anthem and it tanked. And um, now, surprisingly, they're not giving up. Uh, in fact, I'm not even sure if it's surprising, because... Um, a lot of games have failed. A lot of uh, games as a service have failed, and they've been Battle revamped. Born, yeah. Gigantic, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, what else? Um, Star Wars, Battle oh, yes. and uh, the Old Republic. I mean, the the online Star Wars. What's it called again? Battlefront. No, no, no. The the online one. It was a bomb in the beginning. Then they went free to play. Yes, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, that one was actually revamped. So for them, they 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 think that Anthem can be revived. Can it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It did. You know what? I think it can. It seems the gameplay itself is solid. Like from what everyone always says, the one positive that always comes out is that. The gameplay is solid and the world, when it's not you know, loading in textures, is actually very beautiful. Mm. If they can just get a good gameplay loop, uh, have actual guns that are different, mm. instead of just the same gun with different stats over and over again, and just you know, maybe revamp the story and show everything that they said they were going to show mm. in the actual game, it might come back. Because you know, gamers are fickle. We like hype things, we like the new thing. And if you're going to give us a fight scene where you're flying as Iron Man and this giant walker thing is shooting yeah. things down and that's a whole thing, you know people are going to want to experience that. But if they continue with this safe, Division-esque type of update, oh, yeah. it's going to bomb. Everybody so, loves the looter shooter yeah, these days. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to <laughs> And uh, on to the last piece, um, obviously we're not going to dive too much into this, is FF7 Remake opening video uh, released recently. And they just threw it in our faces um, before the game was released. <clears throat> to be fair, I don't think that I need to see an opening FF video before the game comes out. That's just me. Because it for you guys, just for us oldies. I know, I know. It's just, it, it just got me hyped. Yeah, it just got me hyped and I jumped out of the seat and I didn't have the game on my thing, you know? <laughs> I gave it to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, there is that. Are you guys excited about FF7? 
I am actually really excited about it because I I heard Final Fantasy VII. It's really called the best Final Fantasy that mm. ever was. That's what a lot of people yeah. say. Not yeah, 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 opinions. yeah. I haven't played it. I I tried once, but it was a little bit too dated. 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 <laughs> yes. So uh, I'm excited yeah. to play it on PS. So I'm actually just really anxiously waiting for it. But I haven't seen any of the videos. I usually stay away from stuff I want to play because I want to be surprised with a whole new experience. Yeah, you want to enter fresh. Yes, that's what I usually do. So oh, okay. I know as as Oldie, what is your opinion? I am dying from excitement. I am literally counting. Like when they said it's going to be delayed, we were supposed to get a demo, which I saw people <laughs> playing, and it's just been killing me inside. Like I just I saw the new combat system, so as an oldie I remember the turn-based ATB thing. I played it like super hard, beat all the super weapons and everything like that. So seeing the new turn-based system, from what I've seen, it looks really good. So you guys are in for a treat. And the Do you remember those days, like when you used to buy the PlayStation magazines and the yeah. CD? Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. play that yeah. one-hour demo like twenty times. Exactly. Yeah, I feel we would have done that. Yes. I would have played it to death, and that's exactly what I'm waiting for. So the combat system looks good. You guys are going to enjoy that. Um, from what I have seen, it seems that they've taken hints from uh, Crisis Core. It was a game. It was a side, a spin-off game for Final Fantasy VII that came out on the PSP. So they've taken some elements from there and yeah. they've added some of the old school elements and some action pieces here and there. So it looks amazing, graphically looks amazing. Story-wise, <clears throat> we're not sure. We're not sure. We're, we're waiting sure. to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It I, could don't do. think, I don't think the oldies are going to be happy. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going yeah. to be impossible. To you know what? Mm -hmm. Alan can, uh, what's this? Uh, chip in on this with me. From what they've shown in the train, that's we can already see what story beats they have changed. Yeah. Isn't that right? No. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. It's not bad. All they're doing is adding elements from some of the side <laughs> games. But it's that they might shit on the mystery of the game because the entire first part of Final Fantasy VII is all about mystery and not knowing what's happening and this dude is killing people. Is he back? Is he not? Stuff like that. But if they go full retard and explain everything and like the first thing, then it kind of kills the second part of the game, mm. which is a big part of like explaining the world outside of the city, yeah. um, why certain characters are important, who these people are, who those people are, and you know, you catch up with a lot of things. So it's a change, <clears throat> it could be something better, mm -hmm. but based on why, like you said, many people find it their favorite, it's some of these reasons are included. So. It could be good, it could be bad. I've seen some things that have annoyed me. I've seen some inclusions that have made me just go, wow, this is going to be incredible. So until we play it and finish it, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and we have like two more games if they're going by discs. <laughs> well, guys, <laughs> you have to treat this game like it's its own entity. In the end, uh, the, the original FF7 was like groundbreaking. Mm, so you have, to, you have to approach this game as it's not going to break the PS4 um, world, it's not gonna shake the world the way the original did. Be sure. So it's uh, well, look, it does look like game of the year, but I don't want to be too hyped. I don't want to be too hyped. I just wanna, yeah, I wanna, I wanna walk in there and be like, this is a new game playing on my nostalgia, and uh, yeah, I hope it's good. Right, so uh, in this episode, we're gonna be talking about um, characters, characters in video games, the ones that we love mostly during. Uh, while we're playing games, um, I'm not sure if we should mention the ones which are really bad because there are probably more, <laughs> more of them. But there are very, very good video game characters out there that have made an impact on us because, in the end, this is a media which you're engaged with for hours and hours on end. 
So we're going to talk about um, the characters that mattered most to us, the most memorable. Um, just feel free. Well, I mean, we'll start with you, Pam. I don't know which uh, blows. Yeah. Yes, be like, that was just mentioned. But yes, yeah. one of my favorite characters uh, for a video game I actually just finished is, in fact, Joe from The Last oh, of Us. Oh, that's a good pick. Yes. Good pick. And, um, the Last of Us came out years ago, and as everybody knows, it made this huge impact. It won so many awards. The story was amazing. And I just finished playing it last month, and I think the largely the reason for that is Joel. Yeah. His character is it's very in-depth. He's got this, um, I wouldn't say that you really feel the kind of situation he's in because he post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, yeah. You can't exactly relate. But um, he's got this, you really feel what he's feeling. And the, the way that the game progresses, when you get to the end, I won't say what happened, yeah. but when you get to the end and he makes the decision that he makes, you can't say that doesn't make any sense. You actually completely understand it and say, yeah. had he done anything else, it would have been a complete disservice. Ma makes you makes him really feel human. Exactly. Yeah. You say, Joel, we understand why you did that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> did you enjoy The Last of Us? I actually really loved it. Yeah, um, yeah. I can say I understand why it won so many awards. It's an amazing game, and I'm anxiously waiting for the second one. I hope mm. it doesn't ruin the entire franchise. Oh no, but no. Have faith in Naughty Dog. Yes, Naughty I Dog, no. What they're doing. Yeah, yeah. One question. Did you cry though? In that scene. We all okay, know. Okay, to tell you I cried twice. <laughs> uh, even got two tears in there. Yeah. Two times. <laughs> I yeah. cried at the first, the very beginning, and what happened at the beginning. I was just like, oh, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then at the end I was like, yeah. One of the most powerful openings I've seen in the yeah. game, to be honest. Yeah. In honesty, yeah. I don't know any media that's made me cry in like 10 minutes. Whenever I try and justify to people that don't play video games, <laughs> this is why we play it, I just give them yeah, a yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was watching it and uh, I was watching it one Christmas and I had my sisters around and my nieces and then like I just hogged the TV for like uh, about an hour and they were watching me play the beginning and they were like, oh, <laughs> what happens next? I'm like, Finished. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Really good. But you know, just just an add-on. Um, the interesting thing about that is I actually went online quite a bit reading up about the stories, and there's people who have done whole analysis on Joy, trying to figure out why is he like this uh, because of his childhood and things that happened. They made a whole background. It actually really makes sense. Yeah, yeah that yeah, shows yeah. how he, uh, relatable the character actually. Yeah, exactly. They did really good. And like really trying to avoid any spoiler territory. There were things that they did in the game where they kind of hint at his past. Yes. So there's, you know, there's things that happen in the game off screen, but they kind of just touch on it lightly. And it kind of, when you piece those pieces together, that's when you really have a full understanding yeah, of exactly. who his character is, where he is right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's just a very good example of a game where you have storytelling where you don't have to show everything on exactly. screen. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You want to story learn something, but you know. They yeah. yeah. <laughs> and did you play Left Behind as well? Yes, I did. Oh, did you? Uh, did you also enjoy like the dialogue and the interaction between Ellie and uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. To be honest, uh, Left Behind, I found a little bit. If I were to have bought it separately from The Last of Us, I would have actually been really, really upset. Because I got the remastered version, it came with the game, mm -hmm. it was just the DLC, so I just hopped on there. But if I had gotten it separately, I would have been like, what is this? Yeah. Why am I throwing 
Rick's like, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, haven't won, I haven't played it, so I have like no clue. But <laughs> it, it was a good add-on for someone who you got the game, you got it as part of the game, you finish it, you mm-hmm. just go into this little. It was a good addition. Luckily, I didn't pay. Luckily, I didn't pay. I think it's it's not a standalone game, and I think it's it's pretty clear they made it that it's yeah. not a standalone game. But I would have not appreciated paying money for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you? Uh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'll be right after. What uh, makes a memorable character? Right. So for me, I like um, larger than life characters who start from like small places. Cause you know, find a fancy fan. <laughs> we go from You're like defeating gods. Yeah, we go from being a student in high school to killing a universe-consuming being. And mm-hmm. yeah. So for me, it's uh, character growth. I love seeing a character evolve from being a one-tone character to multi-complex and I just love seeing how like the the game developers usually like bring these values out like one of the most angsty characters in gaming is usually Squall even though I think Cloud is more broken but uh, yeah but for Squall everyone like most people who would always say he's one-tone and broody I feel those people only played like the first like seven, eight first hours, yeah, the first disc, because you get to understand everything about that character and the little thing that they did that was genius were the thought bubbles. Mm. So you always have an idea of what his perspective is on the situation, and so you see him like slowly change his um, personality, his yeah. ideals, until you reach a point where like this character who would never interact with other people, who was super rude. Yeah. starts giving a speech to an entire like student body to try and inspire them and stuff like that and you have to choose the words yourself yeah, yeah. and he's also thinking about it as like really should I well, say the this? the speech that he gave to CD yes, yeah, when, when they're about good. to have the big battle with the other guard yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so things like that just show and how he like falls for Renoa like initially he thinks she's annoying and you know she always pokes at him because she remi- uh, he reminds her oh no wait Wait, how is this supposed to go? Uh, Safer is the guy Renoa likes, right? Yeah. So yeah. when she looks at Squall, he's reminded of her, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 20 years. You haven't played the game. Yeah. This is not my fault. You know, yeah, yeah. we're 20 years <laughs> in. Play that game. It's been remastered. But yes, uh, it's not even a big spoiler. That's all disc one. So we're Wait, still. I haven't played. played. Uh, PS4. And PC. Yeah. How do I not know this? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Xbox. And, and Xbox. Really? I'm yeah. going to buy Switch yeah. Yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so character growth is a very important thing to me. And another thing is uh, being able for you to relate it to a character. Uh, one way that I've seen that's usually done well is, believe it or not, the Souls games. You know, even though you are literally the embodiment of a nobody in every Souls game, mm. your relationship with that world is, um, is developed in such a nuanced way that you get so invested in your character and how they affect whatever cycle it is you're going through mm-hmm. because most of the Souls games and Bloodborne games are about this continuing cycle. Yeah. So you may be a nobody, but in that world you have an effect and even if it's in tiny ways, you do effect change and as you play the game, these little things become more and more profound and yeah. characters reference to you and like uh, we, was, we were talking about just earlier with, um, what do you call it, Joel. Some things you don't need to be told straight out that, oh, you're a great character, you're angry, yeah. you're sad. You just hear characters go like, yes, the mysteries that surround you, death. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? And you know, things like that. The, the mystery of your character, it helps you get super invested in the character, helps you grow with the character, yeah. and it helps you see how 
like you get truly immersed into it. So immersion is what I feel also makes it great. I swear we need like a weekend where you guys need to teach me how to play soft. Because <laughs> I just can't get like the mechanics. It always feels very, um, very jittery at first, and like um, just the difficulty of the game itself. I, I, I need I need a good like nine hour training session. Oh, we, like... we don't say jittery. We say deliberate. Oh, 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 oh that's oh that's the term. Yeah, yeah, right. the soul's deliberate yeah, combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't just swing away. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to add to Daniel's point, mm. like he just made me realize something. You know, sometimes we take for granted that the world you're in can be a character in and of Very itself. Very true. Yeah. And I think the Souls games are like some of the best at delivering that. When you learn about where you are, like so many things happen off screen, but then now you're seeing characters and talking to them and they're giving you more exposition. Items are telling you, oh wow, this belonged to who and so on. And sometimes when you can piece these things together, mm. anybody who watches this channel a lot knows that I love Hollow Knight and that's another very perfect example. Oh, yes. Hollow Knight's yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, sometimes it's not just necessarily the people you're moving and controlling or even the people that you're talking to. Sometimes it's the environment in the world that you're in that can kind of add to the story as a whole. And like you're saying, make the characters kind of feel alive because you have to understand the world that they're in and why they're doing some of the things that they're doing. Yeah, so, yeah. true. Yeah, true, true. Um, my character is going to be from a recent game that I was even talking to you about, is uh, Arthur, Arthur Morgan, Red Dead Redemption ah, 2. Yes. Mm. Papa yeah. Morgan. I, I, I think... Um, what, what about you? When it, when it comes to character development, I think that Arthur Morgan was designed to the T to a point where it felt like a novel. It yeah. felt like you could see a man's transformation from a youngster growing into an outlaw and being a very loyal outlaw and doing what you must to protect the family mm -hmm. to come to this point of self-reflection and doing the right thing and the choices that you make impact people who you don't even know yeah. and it, it reached the point where like, because um, obviously when you start uh, um, Red Dead, it's like you're just gunslinging, you're just yeah. killing everybody. Every choice that you make, I'm just a bad guy. I'm just like, hey man, I don't care. I am shooting you in the face with my revolver. Yeah. But then as soon as you see Arthur's like um, transformation through periods of like beating pe uh, innocent people up or um, casualties during a robbery and he starts asking questions about what the plan really was yes and whether it was really worth it because the plan didn't go through but then you killed all those people and it's what's the point yeah, yeah what's the point it really hit a point where i thought that video games have reached the point where like you actually fall in love with the character and his choices that he makes and i think that was it was it was spot on for me to add on to on your point um, one thing they did really well, I will try my best not to go into spoilers, yeah. is the changes in Arthur's body as oh, the game yeah. goes on yeah. affect yeah. his character growth and his outlook. Yeah. So it's like really well done. It's so nuanced. As, a as you, the person playing, you see these little things that he does yeah. and you start to think like, oh my boy. Like, dude, you, you need to eat. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, take him like, yeah. he, they mentioned. And, so. and as the story goes on, like this character's body is changing in different ways and it affects how he's making his decisions going forward. And that is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So a character that questions his world. Exactly. Yeah. He questions yeah. his own world, he questions his very close friends, his mm -hmm. allies. Mm -hmm. 
and stuff mm. like that. And also there was a moment of isolation as well before, like, well, without any spoilers. Obviously, like, he's the big pin in the clan and as soon as things start to change, you can tell how his behavior changed and he's just like, look, in the end, I may not want this, you know what I mean? And it, it was a very human aspect to have a video game character who continuously doubts himself and even though he's still going through with his plan. It was, uh, it was a good spot, hit a good spot for me. I'm sure you guys can tell from the silence that I have not played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with no, you. yeah, no, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, you I need like to play. I'm curious. Though. I know someone who really loves it and wanted uh, Red Dead Redemption too. So I think uh, I actually thought I was jump on it. From oh really? Oh, yeah, no, no. it's a really slow game. I mean, no, I think, think of it really as Grand Theft Auto, but really heavy on the story. Yeah, like yeah. and real side quests, like really proper, proper RPG level side quests. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and the pacing is good as well. I know you've got a complaint about pacing games. <laughs> <laughs> Open world done right, Red Dead yeah. games, yeah. they do it the best. Yeah. Okay. And what else do you look for in a character? Um, okay, I'm gonna talk about one here that I think everybody probably knows and um, don't, just just listen to me and go with me here. Oh, Lara Croft. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yes. Let's talk about Lara for a second. Yeah. Now, I'm a big Tomb Raider fan. I've been playing it since I think the fourth one. That was Tomb Raider Revelation. This okay. is like maybe 20 years ago or something. And I played history. through Damn. all the old ones. Oh, wait, wait, what? That was 20 years ago. Right. No. Are we that old? You've been around. Oh my god. You've been around. I was a really big fan of. Um, the way that the game used to be with the exact two making the puzzle solving and everything when they did this reboot and had this new two-way thing come out i was just like what is this trash that they do? <laughs> so you prefer the old ones well actually i changed my mind as much as i wasn't happy about it i've actually played all three of the new ones. That was uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. What was the second one? Called? Shadow. Isn't that third one? Shadow, Shadow was the third one. No, there's Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then, then Shadow, Shadow of the yeah. Tomb Raider. Ray so Ray I've Ray played um, all three Ray of them. And Nvidia hair works. <laughs> <laughs> the hair. I think um, they've actually done a really great job of rebooting Tomb Raider. Personally, um, I, I won't go into spoiler territory here, but um, with the, the first game, the way it starts out with Lara being pretty much clueless, uh, she doesn't know what's going on in the world, you know, rich girl, etc. And then how they wound up on... Can I see Yeah, you can. Everyone knows it's an They changed her appearance so, a little bit, right? Yes, they actually like the new I didn't at first, but I actually really like it now. Okay. But I just want to make a differentiation between Tomb Raider, the first one, mm -hmm. and then this third installment in the franchise, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Shadow. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, if you guys have played it, I think storyline and character-wise was executed really, really badly. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I was going to be like, freaked out, like, I have to play this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was ready, ready, to, I was ready to buy. Yeah. It was done really badly, but I'm also just pointing it out, because in the first one, it was actually done amazingly well. Yeah, like you you really one. went through the story with her and saying, she's here, she's helping she's in so much danger and I think there was that, that scene in the first one that was so controversial the one where she fell and the thing went through her yes there was that mm -hmm. I mean she went through a lot of hurt in that game and everybody was like guys why are you doing this to Lara yeah, 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 yes, yeah. but you, you grew with her yeah. I think that's a point that you made as well growing with 
the character. Mm, yeah. So from running and hiding to where she became this badass who's going up against all these guys and the dialogue in the game even changes where they're like, where is she? Yeah, she killed yeah. so many of us. Yeah. Yeah. To add on to your point, um, it's basically giving us something that we rarely saw in the old Tomb Raider games and that was her motivations. Like they were never a very big part of the old games because I was a big oldie Tomb Raider fan, yeah. played it all through the PlayStation 1, Angel of Darkness, yeah. all the hard ones to play. Yeah. <laughs> but I only ever played the first Tomb Raider out of the new ones because it was for me it was just the gameplay part. Yeah. I didn't like that the la the later two games kind of looked and felt the same. They do really look yeah. different. And that's actually why I say the third was executed yeah. so badly. It, gameplay wise, it felt exactly like the first one, yeah, yeah. but story wise, nothing happens. Nothing. nothing. It was bad. I, when, yeah. when I finished it, I was just saying, What on earth is this? Yeah. Lara is yeah. exactly who she was at the beginning of the Also, game. the lack of different environments. Like, we've been in a jungle. Three jungle, games. jungle, 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 jungle. Whenever I think of Tomb Raider, I don't even play Tomb Raider much, but whenever I think of it, I'm just like, These guys want to be in the jungle. Yeah, yes. because yeah. Tomb Raider 3, we went from China to the you were in two Area 54, years. I mean Area 51, 54, 54. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's maybe that's the one in Tomb Raider 3, yeah. and then we go into America, just like, no, I don't know you're right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we go into Antarctica, and that was on a PlayStation yeah. 1 game, and then oh, okay. in the new ones, every time they'll show the trailers, I'm just like, but another desert, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. the same, although one thing I would give to the last um, installment, Shadow, this isn't a character thing, because like I said, character-wise, it was just really bad, but um, as an oldie, I'm really happy to say the puzzles that they have in really Shadow good. were actually really, really good. good. Right? Yeah, the tombs are really, really good. Yeah. I actually rushed through the first one because I was like, meh, it's a shooter. Mm -hmm. I didn't yeah, go to yeah. the tombs. I actually want to go back and just play through and see what I missed out. It's like an Uncharted-esque like, corridor, right? But with a few more puzzles. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, it's not the same as what you had before where you have a clock and you have to turn it this way. Yeah. You need to get a key and put it in this door. But there are some interesting puzzles that you okay. have to figure out. I just want to throw a random question out there. I like the fact that you brought up Lara Croft and I just feel like sometimes in video games you find a lot of the female characters can be either or, like the, either the damsel in distress mm. or the overly sexy, you know, Dad. it's just that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I remember the first time I played Tomb Raider 2, I must have been or something. I just love the fact that this chick just slid down that, that rock, had two pistols, yeah. shot a tiger to death. Like it was the perfect example of female empowerment. So I want to ask you Cam, which other girls in video games do you feel are a good representative women. of women. women in video games? Girls. <laughs> The fact that I can't think of one off the top of my head is worrying. It's a problem in itself. That's why I need to play Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Need some Tifa in your life. Yeah. But there is, I, I know quite a bit about Tifa though, like I said, I haven't played the game, so I can't yeah. say another story. But Did you play Horizon Zero Dawn? I have it. It's okay. still sealed. I'm waiting. Oh, you're going to enjoy Aloy. Aloy was really good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's, it's actually problematic. I can't yeah. name one. I'm really just thinking of video game characters yeah. now, like fighter game characters, sorry. But you play 10 too, right? Yuna. No, but that's not the same. Yuna is not a strong. She's not strong. Look at how we got her. Yuna is a Yuna. I'm sure Yuna was. Okay, in 10 too, from what I've heard about 10, it's like Yuna just. Didn't know who she was anymore. Was yeah. she, was you she are actually absolutely right. Her? She was trying to figure out who she was. Mm. Basically, she had this role imposed upon her 
which is a is a decent story in and of itself. Like for her character story, it's pretty good. So she gets a role imposed upon her, and she, for most of the time, she's going through the motions. And Tidus's whole shtick is that you you have to think for yourself. You can't just accept. People say this is going to happen to you, and you're like, yes, because I'm the summoner. I'm going to go through. And so you see her grow from being that very accepting character of whatever fate is bestowed upon her by people to like, all right, I want to be strong. I want to make my own damn choices. I don't want that person to die. I don't want that person to die. I want to wear booty shorts. I want to wear booty shorts. And I want a gun. And I want a gun. Give me a gun. Yeah, so she goes from being a very one-tone, like, imagine traditional Japanese timid shrine girl to being like, no, screw it, I don't want any of this to happen, I don't want anyone to die, I want happiness as weird and crazy as that be. Are you talking about one or two? One. Yeah, you're talking one. about the first yeah. one. I and think I would like Luna 10 more than I like Luna 10. Yeah, you yeah. should play 10, yeah. There's a term for it, but her story throughout the whole thing is the difference between a character where the environment is shaping who you are mm. and you shaping your environment. Yeah. Mm. She is the perfect example of the transition from the first to the second. Yeah. This is as more avoiding as much spoiler territory as possible, but she goes from a person where things are happening to her and to she where accepts. she is the one now changing things around her. Yeah. And so, that's a very good example. Yeah. So yeah. she's I don't intend to I play Ten Two as well. She's pretty eh in there. Because there her objective, she only has one goal. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. Also, objective. No, I can't tell you. I was uh, thinking about something I also like in terms of characters, um, and I think, in essence, we think about like video games and movies to some extent as well. There's an element of escape, escapism. Yes. So for me, there are not many of these characters, but characters that you can escape reality with, in the sense of, okay, outside the boundaries of. In the civilized world, real, real life. Kratos. Not really. He's just he's nuts. But <laughs> but like I was thinking in terms of like characters, where what would you do if you had this amount of power? So normally in stories you have someone that gets a lot of power, and then they have to be responsible mm -hmm. to do the right thing. But then the other side, like what would you do if you had power? I have the perfect. Um, and there's a game on PS3. I can't remember. Prototype. Prototype. Oh, the nailed few, it. The very few yeah. characters like that, where yeah. you see a character and they're not necessarily the good guy or the bad or guy. the bad guy, but they're just like, look, if I woke up and I could fly tomorrow, I wouldn't be trying to negotiate how to, you know, stop the coronavirus. Yeah, I'll be flying around. I'll be doing reckless things, yeah. you know what I mean? The, so, the innate escapism and selfishness of being a person. Yeah, so sometimes it's also nice to play a character where like, yo, if, like, you can kind of relate, like, if I had that much power, would I be saving kittens or helping old ladies? Or would I be chilling? Or would I be like, just fucking shit up for like a bit of time? Man, I'd be like, yo, let me just... I wouldn't say that though. I actually prefer the prototypes competition on the PlayStation. What was that one called where you got the electric powers? Infamous. Infamous. Yes. I actually yes. preferred yeah. Infamous. Yeah, yes. Ah, you're right. Second Sun was yeah, so good. That was brilliant. So I good. Good. the problem yeah. I have with uh, yeah. someone like, like an Infamous is that there is too black and white. I agree. That's yes. I was actually going to point that out. In Prototype, it's not as black and white because you wake up, Alex Mercer is mm. the name of the protagonist. You wake up completely lost. First off, you accidentally kill like the first person you interact with. Mm. And that's just straight. And he's freaking out. He's like, holy cow. I just killed this person, this person, and he's sucking up their thoughts and stuff. And as the game goes on, he starts to discover these things. But because of what's been done to him, 
Alex Mercer is no longer a person. He's mm-hmm. no longer a human being. He can't relate anymore because every time he consumes a person, it actually he makes them a part of himself and he innately changes what he used to be and he's no longer himself. So you go through this journey with him of discovering that he's who he is or who he was into realizing that, wait, but that's not me. I am completely someone else. Yeah. And that's when like the game, oh, and the game is like really free. And yeah. like, it makes sure it understands that no matter how many people you kill, it's within the realm of what the character would do. Oh, I okay. completely agree. Yeah. Shades of Grey, I usually good. The Witcher 3, <laughs> outside of the main story, the side quests, also uh, push the shades of grey really well like the whole escapism mm-hmm. you're making a choice on your own mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that yeah. uh, one game i don't know if you guys have played it before was black and white ironically enough yeah that was one of my it was a game where you play a god oh yeah yeah had one of the best pest systems i've ever seen implemented in any game so you're basically a deity and the only representation of you is like this hand that's the cursor and the hand of god literally and your your goal is to have people worship you and you can either be a malevolent cruel god who makes people worship you through fear and like strife but then you know if you kill too many people there's not enough people yeah. to worship you so you have less power yeah, yeah. or you could be a kind god who showers miracles and whatever but if you do too much of that you make the people complacent because they're like ah oh, god's going to do yeah, it yeah, you it. don't need to work yeah. so you would have all these things and then you would get this pet that was a representation of your karma system and depending on how you were like Sounds really good. evil or good <laughs> your <laughs> pc was on pc yeah, yeah like, depending yeah. on how your 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 karmic meter is going your pet would get like features one cool thing you could do you could be an evil god but have a benevolent pet oh yeah so like your pet could always help people and then you could just be like this guy who brings disaster and your pet would come and save and you'd create this weird cycle yeah, yeah, of yeah. stuff so that is one of the ultimate forms of escapism yeah. i've ever seen and yeah. can i add to that mm. this i think black and white 2 came out in 99 or 2000 yeah i think 2000 so you think about the size of video games back then. Yeah. Just the AI for your pet alone could take up one gigabyte of space. Yeah. Doesn't sound like much today, but back then back that then, was crazy. so big. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Daniel said, based on the early things you do, I think like black and white, I played black and white too. You could pick between a wolf, a tiger, I think a turtle was in one. But um, based on your early decisions, it's like a real pet, it starts to pick up on certain cues. Yeah. Okay, so when the people are building a wall, then we assist with building a wall. Mm-hmm. If we don't have grain, then we help with grain. So you could do certain things so initially. The AI is strong in it's that. brilliant. And actually. later on, like yeah. Daniel said, you could become a dick, but the things that you've instilled in your pet, it's yeah. continuing doing its own thing. Uh, and that was okay. very impressive and like create it was basically like creating a character. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're leaving them to do their own. One of the things to add on was that when you get the pet, for example, each pet had its own base um, natures. So yeah. if you get a tiger, for example, if the tiger gets ha- hungry, it's prone to eating people. Mm. So you teach it that eating people is bad. So you smack, smack it. Yeah, it's like a t- and then it's like just smack a tiger. So like you see it pick up a person and it looks around all guilty and you're like, no, bad tiger and it puts them down and like it learns. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, there was a cow. Yeah, yeah. and, that, and then also pooping in the grain fields is bad. Oh. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you still like uh, raw tendencies in your Yeah, yeah. It would go out and attack people. Oh, it's a cool thing. There were other villages where your influence, you want to extend your influence, and your influence is affected by how much people believe in you. So if you have a tyrannical beast, you can tell it to always go there, but if like they stop believing, you can bring it along. 
and they'll pray for you to come save them and you move it away. Yeah. However, like when you reach a new village, no one's heard about you, no one knows you. So what do you do? You send your giant beast of a pet who just comes and destroys everything. You just come and say, oh no, it's rain, sunshine. But it really made you feel like a god. Like yeah. you've got no bound of morals. You have yeah. your one yeah. condition of being I want to extend my influence. And there's other gods and they have their own pets. No, and it's now a matter. Exactly. No. And you just want to you you re, it really like plays on your cycle. Do you want to be this kind of god? Do you want to be that kind of god? Or are you just a great dude who goes like, okay, in this situation, it's crazy. Yeah. Pet, eat that guy. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Studios yeah. 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 Um, I was gonna talk about uh, who he mentioned, Kratos. Yeah. Um, Kratos from all the God of Wars that I've played uh, through PlayStation, once we met the Kratos in God of War on PS4, it just changed everything for me. It changed the whole perspective of the character. Because um, you guys have played God of War? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the way it is is that pretty much the, the building to the PS4 Kratos is just a guy who kills people. And he's always angry. Dad issues. Yeah, he had, he had daddy issues and then he killed his daddy. I mean, look, it, it just went overboard. It was really just video games full of rage, blood and great cinematics. As soon as you reach PS4, now it's more of, uh, what can I say? Restraint. Mm -hmm. Every time, every time he, he was about to get angry with Atreus, it's like he always had to hold himself back and be like, Oh, no, 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 no. Let me not completely snap and whoop this guy's ass. Even just the way he had to... Like, Kratos never showed emotion outside yeah. of rage and sexual rage. Exactly, exactly. And, like, you could see him struggle with Atreus. Like, yeah, yeah. He would know that he can't be... It's his boy, and the mom just died and they're going on a journey. He was trying to make sure that he doesn't make himself mm -hmm. in Atreus. So, like, there'll be time... Like, one of my favorite lines where he was, like, chief dad was when Atreus uh, tried to impress him and then he went too excited and shot the deer and uh, messed yeah, up and yeah. then chased after yeah. it uh -huh. and he didn't listen yeah. and then he was like, I'm sorry and that was one of the best um, examples of how much Kratos has grown he was yeah. like, don't be sorry boy, be, be better. better and yeah. I was like, oh! Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that, yeah. That was really well done, and mm. like, but he's not perfect from then on. He's yeah, still he's struggling. Not, yeah, he's still yeah. struggling. You can tell that he's constantly fighting something, and mm -hmm. uh, as soon as soon as he reaches a point where he can openly talk with his boy, yeah. and just look. I'm even calling him boy. Exactly. Now. Yeah, right? yeah. As soon as he can openly talk with Atreus, now you can feel like, okay, this guy has come such a long way. Even the such a long just way. like you said, the way the the back and forth between them, because they have the banter as they go throughout the game, yeah. and. The more uh, Kratos opens up, you notice that it's not just Atreus talking all the time, yeah. giving his little expositions and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Kratos starts to explain certain things to mm -hmm. him as well, like, oh no, uh, yeah. there was a man I knew that did the thing. Yeah. He's like, really? Exactly. Things like that. And it's, yeah. it's really nice to see that. I remember, uh, I think the first time we get the canoe, mm -hmm. that's one of the times where like, he starts to really so, talk yes, to that's, yes, that's telling stories. Yeah, 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 it, was, yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Things like that. Yeah, thank just, Kratos. Yeah. Just to go a little political with your point, I think Kratos throughout his whole saga is the perfect example of some of the issues that men face. True. In the sense of you're supposed to have this image of like being strong, being capable, and so on. 
And then you have those moments, especially when you have a child, where you have to explain, you have to understand this individual is different from me. Exactly. I need to teach them how to approach a situation their way, their mm-hmm. best way. It might not be my way. Yeah. And I think God of War on PS4, like, I've already made this public. I think it does have issues in terms of the gameplay and, like, you know, the world that it's in. But in terms of the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, it's so good. up there with Joel so and yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is one of those yeah. where you're like, yeah. I've seen really both of these characters yeah. and I get both of their sides, I understand everything they're going through and how do they make each other better. Mm. I think that's also a key thing, maybe yes. you guys should also expand yes. on how individuals in games improve one another. Mm. For mm. me, I could give a very good example of, uh, again, we're in spoiler territory, everybody mm. knows my favorite game, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Mm. There are, there's three main characters. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to go into it. But they each kind of bring something out of one another. Maybe one is a little bit more reserved. Hey, be a bit more carefree and open. Maybe one is a bit more naive. This is how the world really works. Mm -hmm. One is kind of like in... Distraught. Yeah, that little like safe space kind of understand this is the situation that's going on and throughout the whole journey they kind of whatever growth they have it's because of the other character that kind of spurs that thing on you know what's funny he he might just be trying to save you all but even the main (laughs) villain helps the characters grow in a way Mm. in so many ways i think let's do this between the three of you which villain has stood out for you whether it be in terms of story, oh, yes. gameplay yeah, mechanics, and yeah. I think villain. Final Fantasy VII's villain stands out the test of time because of the gameplay mechanics. There yeah. are times where you're like, you know what? This is the difference between me and them. Uh, so yeah, so like you'll have a section where you've got a boss that is just completely insurmountable and you have to bypass it by certain means. And then when you do, you see another version of that boss completely obliterated, like just absolutely destroyed. And it kind of shows you the difference between you and that villain. Like you've even got a group, you've got a party, like you can help each other. That is one person that has taken down that thing that you just simply cannot beat. So even from an early state, it kind of puts you in that position of it's me versus him. And this is the level difference that I've got to overcome. So every time you encounter them, it kind of re-emphasizes that point so by the time you come to you know towards the end of the game final confrontations if you do manage to beat the villain it's kind of like a very euphoric experience it's just like Mm -hmm. wow i actually did that yeah yeah that's my insurmountable villain yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah i dig it uh that kind of i think that's similar to mine because i mean i've been thinking about it for the past few minutes but I, i also do enjoy the very determined, no-nonsense villain. As much of and as much as I've enjoyed, like say, Jokers and the chaotic type and stuff, um, I do like the Bane, Arkham Knight kind of, um, let's say, Liquid Snake from ah, MGS. Yes. I like the guy who is a no bullshit guy, and he will drive the main character into like near submission. Mm where they're nearly cracked but then they just make a like well they make a slight mistake or the main character trains for three days and beats him but you get what i mean i, I, I like yeah yeah i like the guy i like the guy who is usually just straight to the point and is skilled and they have been preparing for a long time and they're not necessarily special 
uh, not necessarily ah, yes, uh, like yes, the chosen, chosen one. one. Yeah, yeah. They're just like the way um, Liquid just pushed Snake to the edge and yeah. he just gave him a hard time. Or the way, say, Bane in uh, uh, what's this, Christian Bell's Batman. Uh, well, not game, but yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah. And uh, Arkham Knight as well, to be fair, in Batman um, in the Arkham Knight. Batman was pretty much broken by the time that game was ended. Yeah, yeah. So that's I think that's my type of villain. I mean, I know a lot of people when they uh, when they carry out the whole um, crazy, crazy bad guy, it shows flair and an amazing performance. But uh, then again, I mean, I think people just tend to find that easier to follow. Sometimes, I mean, it doesn't always make a good villain. Sometimes yeah, it's yeah. a super basic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I would go with the villain with a twist. That's my favorite kind of villain in video games and in like media. I like the you know the party member who you would never suspect uh, yeah. and ends yeah. up to be the last boss. I think in Valkyrie Profile Silmaria, you have one of your party members. I swear to God, never saw the twist coming. Just a book nerd with glasses. Mm. This guy does not look like your anime villain trope at all. Yeah, yeah. And you go through the entire game, he's super helpful, you do stuff, and like, as you start to get to like the later parts of the game, you start to see his worldview, because obviously the characters talk. Yeah, and yeah. you still don't suspect, because he's got a valid point. That's how he views things, and mm. that's how... He feels stuff is except you know we don't know his he has his own ulterior motive where mm. he's like I just want to get rid of gods like this whole thing of you guys coming down from the heavens to pick up warriors and thingy mm. I think it's bullshit yeah. we shouldn't have to go through and fight your useless wars if Ragnarok is going to happen let it happen instead of us not getting rest and yeah. whatever so yeah. he goes through this whole tangent thing. And the twist just gets you so hard. I remember when it happened, I was like, no way. No way. Him? Yeah. I was betrayed. I was so betrayed. So I love me a villain with a twist. Like I always yeah. find that super interesting. And it gets you really invested because you do actively hate the character mm. because you're betrayed and you're like sucked into it. Hurt your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and also the levels. Oh, the level was invested. <laughs> could have used someone else. Yeah, could have used someone else. So I have to go upgrading the Exactly, yeah. 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 Okay, with me, with me with villains, I've actually put quite a bit of thought into this. And um, not a lot of them really jumped out to me, but after putting some thought into it and the kind of villains I have liked, um, it's the ones who end up kind of getting salvation. In the end, oh. I think uh, we've seen this. It may be a little bit overused with the Romney and Virgil. Yeah, yeah. always redemption. But, yes, yeah. and then but in the last game, I was kind of wondering. You had redemption in last one, and here you are again, again. being the villain. Yeah. But I actually really do like that about Virgil because he has this relationship with Dante. You kind of understand why, because. I'm trying not to spoil the last one, but you go through these clips and flashbacks that kind of get you to say, oh, this is why Virgil is like this and Dante is like that. Then towards the end, it's always when you defeat him, Dante goes over this, should you kill him or not? Or maybe, I think there's a couple of games where he actually escaped after defeating him. Mm. It's in DMC1. It's not really at the end, like in little instances, he goes away, but then you have this final confrontation. And again, Dante still can't deal the final blow and Virgil sort of offs himself, if I recall correctly. It's an old but, game. Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. we had something similar in, in it. He sacrifices himself for you. 
Ah, oh, yeah. oh yes, yes. That's yes, the first yes, time yes, we realized yes. his brother, not a clone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think uh, a similar villain was actually, um, Daniel, you correct me if I'm wrong with this one because it's been years, but Final Fantasy VIII mm-hmm. and Ultimation. Yeah. We had this uh, thing where she was a mega villain, then the thing with Noah came in. I remember later on she was kind of on our side, mm-hmm. so I can't remember the details of it. It's a, it's a mix between Adia being made out to be like this super bad guy, then you find out she's being good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you go into details with Artemisia, you there's this little aspect of her where they the some of the story beats make it sound like she is the way she is because of how she was treated in the future. Like it seems in the future, source uh, sorceresses were treated Dang. super Dang. badly, mm. and like she it just made her into this tyrant type of thing. Even mm. in the Dissidia games, that's expanded upon because she uh, little quips and things she says yeah. kind of hint at the character being more in-depth than what we got in the game. But yeah, I see your point. Yeah, and I also like that. With, I know we've talked about Final Fantasy so much. We're clearly a bunch of fanboys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. bunch of fanboys. <laughs> Final Fantasy, really hands down, does have the best villains. There's mm. always, and they spend a lot of time... There's always a lot of depth to them. Because yeah. no one ever remembers other villains, but we all remember FF villains. Now. Clearly for a reason. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that's about it. I mean, do you have any anything, Michael? Uh, I mean, I love villains, period. I mean, yeah, yeah. They make the story. Too. I mean, yeah, I just like it when a villain is, um, like, it's not the goody two shoes type story type thing. And you know, like, you can understand why a villain is doing Yes. I like it when it's not just, I want to just take over the world. Do you it's know? Like, I'm gonna. I can add on to that. Most JRPGs actually do a really good job of making the villain not a whole take over the world type thing. Mm-hmm. They usually have like their own motives. They give you a complete backstory as to why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, it usually goes batshit crazy at the end. But for the most part, JRPG villains tend to have a like they really try to show you like why this person is like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and just to add on to that, um, an interesting point I found with The Last of Us is that there is no Real villain. villain. Yeah. Yeah. I actually yeah. really appreciate that. It get, gets you to kind of think, depending on how you look at the story, mm-hmm. we could be the villain. Yeah. Because that's we have these mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. who killed so many of us and for what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting It's this old man and a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, to drive yeah. on home the point of you being the villain, Bloodborne. The entire world actually views you as a villain. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. entire night of the hunt, there are all these quips and references where at some point you start to think, wait, am I really the good guy? Because everyone is just like, you're the beast, you, you hunters just murder people aimlessly for blood. And there is one uh, bad guy in particular, the, what's it called again? The, the beggar. He, he's like this dude you find huddled over co- corpses and stuff in the forest. And so when you attack him, it's like, oh, you scared me there for a second. I thought you were one of the beasts. So if you attack him again, mm. he transforms into like this werewolf thing. And mm. he's one of the first beasts that can actually talk. And so he's like, you're calling me a beast, mate. <laughs> you're the monster. And he says all sorts of things to you that when the fight is done, you're kind of thinking like, but why was he so adamant though? Yeah. yeah. Bloodborne is a very selfish game. Like everyone is doing things for themselves. Yeah. There's a guy called Jura. You go into the... What do you call it? The second part of Yarnam, the old Yarnam, which was burnt down because they tried to purge the beasts. And this dude is there like, dude, when you come in, he yells from a distance. He's like, yo, leave. Mm -hmm. I'm protecting the people here. We just need to keep them alive till the night passes. Just go about your way. And as the hunter, you're like, nah, city full of beasts. Gotta slaughter everything. And you end up killing Jura. And at some point, 
kind of feels like, are you really the good guy though? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you really the good guy here, or maybe yeah. I've got it twisted? Yeah, yeah. yeah. the best example of that is Silent Hill too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I would never touch Silent Hill with a ten-foot pole. There's that other shooter game. I always forget the name. I never personally played it, but I hear so many people talk about it. Mm. Where um, you even find uh, people get gassed with white with white phosphorus. Oh, the one that caused a whole bunch of uh, controversy. The one that shows yeah. the horrors of war. Yeah. It came out in the 360 era. Yeah. So you're Not basically just getting... no, no, no. I always forget the name. Okay, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. run a screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as in when you get that game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that game. When you're given orders, you know, like with a video game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've thought of another example. But uh, with a video game where it kind of gives you instructions in the way of like tutorials or like, oh, this is where you need to go now. And you just kind of take it because this is how games work. But then when you take a step back and it's like, oh, but for real, why was I taking that order though? Yeah. Why was that? Yeah. You know, it fits into a video game mold, but then now, you know, it kind of breaks that trope. <coughs> Bad shock. <coughs> but yeah, yeah oh, you yeah, know, yeah. there's those sort of things where it's like, mm-hmm. wow, for real. Like, I you just assume you're the hero, but sometimes. Yeah. To add on to that, that same game, I think, has a scene where you walk through a. Uh, I don't know if like a place was bombed and then, White like, phosphorus, you're, yeah. Yeah, and then like you're walking through and you're seeing the charred corpses and it like affects the characters really bad. Oh, you yeah. literally see and a mother yeah. holding her child that she's gotten burnt from inside. Yeah, like it was oh, super controversial oh, at the yeah. time. Yeah. It's super interesting. Then. Yeah, so yeah. games where you become the villain, mad interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that sounds good. Alright people, so I think that about wraps it up for episode 24. Um, I've really enjoyed this one. It's always a pleasure, Daniel. Same. And uh, with our newfound friend Pam. And you're always welcome, obviously. And uh, thanks for watching, guys. And then we'll get back to you for the next episode. Bye now.